Welcome to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com. But today on the Napa Valley College campus, a ceremony will take place that really defines what this entire debate is about. 20 Napa County residents will become the newest citizens of the U.S. The ceremony will be led by U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services San Francisco Director John Kramer. And normally this kind of ceremony takes place in Oakland. But this ceremony, in conjunction with One Napa Valley, will be a special event here on the Napa Valley College campus. To tell us a little bit about it and about the process, it is my pleasure to be joined by Sharon Rummery. She's the Public Affairs Officer for the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service. A little later on in the program, we'll talk to a couple of those new citizens. Sharon, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure, Jeff. It's great to have you here. First of all, talk a little bit about why this ceremony is taking place here on the Napa Valley College campus. Well, you know what? We like to reach out to various communities and have ceremonies there so that the local people can enjoy them and see the what citizenship is all about. It's it's very moving, and uh, frequently our speakers will you know will find themselves in tears just because of the emotion of a ceremony like this where they're facing a group of people who've made the choice to to leave their own country behind and to make their loyalty to the United States. If you think about maybe doing that for a different country as an American citizen, you can understand what a big decision that is and what, what goes into it. Talk a little bit about what goes into it. What's involved in the process? How long does it take? You know, we always hear the phrase, you know, people have to get in line. What does that mean? What's involved Mm -hmm. here? Well, here's what it's all about. You qualify to apply for citizenship when you have lived in the U.S. with your green card as a permanent resident for five years. If you got your green card by marrying a U.S. citizen, that five years turns into three years. And if you're a member of the military, particularly right now we're at war, um, there's no wait at all. You can just go ahead and apply. So that's uh, that's when people say it took a long time. That's what they're talking about because once you apply for citizenship in the San Francisco district, uh, the wait time is about five months. Um, you'll be called in during those five months, have fingerprints made, and then those will be checked out, you know, background check. And uh, then you'll be called in for your interview. And within a couple of weeks after that happens, once you, if you pass, of course, um, you'll be at the Oakland Paramount Theater with uh, about a 1,000. 1,200 people raising your hand, taking your oath of allegiance. And is it necessary to be at one of these ceremonies, to be at one of these events in order to become a citizen? Is that a requirement, or can this be done individually in some cases? Uh, sometimes we will do that individually. For instance, um, our area covers right up to the Oregon border, uh, the west side of Northern California. So if I were to have driven down from Eureka for my interview, they probably would have offered me the opportunity to take my oath then and there so that I didn't have to drive down a second time to be sworn in. But you do have to take the oath and be sworn in by an officer of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services in order to become a citizen. What's required in terms of knowledge of of government and history and language? Um, You know what? We just recently, well, in 2007, that may not seem that recent to you, uh, we updated our test and we have posted all of the questions and answers on our website so anybody can just take a look and see what they are, practice on 
you know, get smart about these things. Um, there are a hundred questions and a hundred answers, and if you're applying for citizenship, you would be smart to review them. Which there are questions, about 40% of them are directly from the Constitution, so it's how our government works, what it's like, and the rest of them are, are just a variety of famous people, geography, American history, uh, things like that. Are there things that you would want to know um, as a citizen of our country? There are things that um, anybody would benefit by reading and refreshing themselves on. Much of it are things that you learned in school, uh, specifically in high school. When you come in for your interview, we're only going to ask you 10 of those questions. But of course, you don't know which 10, so you're smart to um, review them all. And if you get six of them right, that's, it. that's all you need ready to be sworn in as a citizen. Karen, talk a little bit about the Citizenship and Immigration Service and its overall responsibility, how it works, how it uh, operates. Okay, here at U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, um, our job is to issue what we call benefits. I like to call them services. It's a little more accessible. Um, if people would like to um, uh, become a U.S. citizen, they can apply with us, and we will we'll interview them and uh, you know make sure that they qualify, and then we'll actually swear them in. Um, if people want to get a green card, well, there are ways for that to happen, but we're the ones... Um, we're the vector for that. Um, if they want to petition their mom or dad or some other member of their family to immigrate, they come to us. If they'd like to adopt an adorable baby from overseas, we're the ones. Uh, so um, we're in the business of uh, making dreams come true. How big a waiting list is there at the moment for green cards and for citizenship overall? I know it probably varies from place to place, but give us a sense of that. <laughs> That's a very complicated question, and I'll explain to you as briefly as I can why that is. There are many ways that you can get a green card. You can be petitioned by somebody very close in your family. You can be petitioned by somebody who you will go to work for, an employer-based petition. You could be um, an asylee who uh, qualifies after living here for a year as an asylee to apply for residency or a refugee under the same circumstances. And the most interesting one of all is you can win the diversity visa. The diversity visa is something that was putting, put in place about 20, 25 years ago where people from all over the country apply. They just put in their applications and then once a year the State Department picks 50,000 names out of the big electronic hat and those people immigrate, come to the U.S., they get their green cards. That really is a lottery in the most classic definition. Now, many people call it the green card lottery. We call it the diversity visa. That's the formal name of it. Um, but and one of the people who's naturalizing actually immigrated that way. I find that very interesting. Mm -hmm. so at your ceremony today. And how many people become citizens each year throughout the country? You know, usually it's around 700,000, more or less. And has that number been pretty consistent over the years? Pretty much. And as, in terms of people becoming immigrants, becoming permanent resident, which is really what it is to immigrate, mm -hmm. that's been uh, at or over a million a year. And again, pretty consistently. And is there any limit to that, or does it really depend on, on how many apply, how many uh, tried to do it? Pretty much on how many apply and how many qualify. There's no limit to it.
But there are wait times, and that's something that's established by the State Department, and it's a really complicated issue to go into, but it's one reason why people want to naturalize, because, um, you know, they may have uh, gone back to the home country with their green card, they may have married, and now they're back here, and they find out that they, you know, there's a wait for their wife to immigrate um, if they petition them as a permanent resident, but there's, but their wife becomes immediately eligible to immigrate if they petition her as a citizen. So that's one of the many reasons why people really would like to become citizens. Mm -hmm. Is this something that individuals generally can do on their own, or does it require some legal help or organizational help in order for people to go through the process? How complicated is it, I guess, I'm asking? Uh, You know, many people, because of their own circumstances, want to go for help. For instance, um, in order to naturalize, when you go to your ceremony, you have to demonstrate that you're able to communicate, to read, to write, to speak English at the the high learner level. So... um, you have to be pretty good at that, and many people will take English as a second language classes to polish off their English before going in for the interview. And when you go to the interview, sometimes people get nervous and they don't pass, and oftentimes it's because their English skills. Well, we, we'll just uh, give them a second interview so that you get two tries when you apply, and they go home and they practice some more and study some more and come back and give it another try. So... Um, Well, I certainly thank you so much for bringing us up to date on all of this. Sharon Rummery, Public Affairs Officer for the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service. Sharon, thanks so much for spending time with us. It's my distinct pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. We're going to take some time now to talk to two of the soon-to-be naturalized U.S. citizens that are going to be part of the ceremony taking place at Napa Valley College. I'm joined first by Essay Roma Puamo. Essay, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know you're you're from Fiji. You're obviously one of the folks that are going to be uh, naturalized at the ceremony that's happening at the college. Tell us a little bit about what brought you to to the Bay Area here. Okay, uh, I'm uh, from Fiji, uh, born and raised in Fiji. I'm about 35 years old and. Uh, what brought me to the great United States of America was um, my wife and I, we won uh, the, the green card uh, to come over to the U.S. And, and this was in a, a kind of a lottery the, the, called the diversity visa that, that Sharon Rummery, who we talked to earlier, was explaining to us. Tell us about uh, how this came about, that you were, were successful in this lottery. Oh, uh, the, how I was successful was uh, it's actually a funny story, Jeff. Um, the story was uh, my wife and I, we came across the opportunity to apply. In. First, we had to apply in to be successful for the lottery, and we received an application. And uh, we were both working in Fiji, in uh, the main capital uh, city of Fiji, which is called Suva. And then the morning of uh, when we went to work, I mentioned to my wife that, uh, oh, let's see what's the update on the application status of our uh, diversity visa lottery application. And so when I was in the office, I received a call from my wife and she mentions that, oh, I received a phone call from the diversity visa officer and mentioned that I'm, I'm successful in my application. And at first she thought it was a prank. So, <laughs> yeah. 
she, she the first call that she received, she put the phone down and thought that I had pranked her. And then the second time they called her, then she believed that it was not from me, it was from the diversity officers who lodged the application on our behalf. Tell us what you were doing in Fiji. What kind of work were you doing there? Uh, I was the environmental officer for BP Oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we basically, BP Oil covered the Southwest Pacific region. That included Fiji, Cook Islands, Samoa, Tonga, yeah, and we basically, uh, uh, which is oversaw the responsibility of the environmental uh, uh, issues for those terminals and uh, service stations. I know there's an yeah. awful, awful lot of people listening to us that if they were stationed or working in Fiji and Cook Islands in those places would be saying, I'm never leaving. I don't want to go anywhere else. <laughs> what, what was yeah. it? What what was it that made yeah. you and your wife want to come to the U.S.? Uh, my wife, uh, being the recipient of the diversity visa uh, applica- application, she her dream was to come to the U.S. And uh, with her dream, my 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 dream was always to be with by her side. So mm-hmm. accompanying her was my dream in fulfilling that dream. We came together to the U.S. And did you always know, or did you always have in mind the plan to become naturalized citizens? Yes. Once, uh, once the the actual application, when it comes to Kentucky, they actually screen it, and uh, there's always a rigorous screening, and they check that everything is according to the criteria, and they send application back to us in Fiji, where we go and get interviewed. And at the interview, you could be given a yes or no to come to the U.S. And the fee to refund is non-refundable, the visa application fee. So the day that that uh, application visa interview went well and they gave us the okay to come to the U.S., that was when we started planning to become naturalized citizens because the requirement was to be a resident for five years right. in the U.S. And did that process take just five years? Has it been five years since you since you came here? Yes, it's been five years since we arrived here in twenty ten of August. And tell yes. tell us a little bit about uh, you know how you feel now that this naturalization process is about to be completed. It feels uh, uh, a great uh, sense of uh, pride and uh, achievement for my wife and I. The like uh, now we feel that we can uh, like fully become uh, part of the process as uh, citizens of the US we can vote and uh, we can participate in uh, uh, as uh, naturalized citizens like any other citizen here in the US and do you look forward to the the voting part of the process oh yes we've been uh, following the current uh, uh, is the Democratic and Republican uh, mm-hmm. elect- elections lately, and uh, and we've we followed it back in Fiji, and uh, we've always been inspired and uh, believed in uh, participating in the democratic process. Well, congratulations, and I thank you so much for spending a few minutes and and telling us a little bit about your history. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for calling and uh, uh, interviewing um, uh, me. It's such a great honor.
Thank you very much. We're joined now by Ede Herrera-Gonzalez, who's been kind enough to spend a few minutes to tell us a little bit about his story. Eddie, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no worries. First of all, uh, tell us a little bit about your history and your background and uh, a little bit about uh, how you came to the decision to, to want to become a naturalized citizen. Oh, okay, so my history. So um, so I was born in Mexico. I um, came here when I was about eight years old. And, um, yeah, I just pretty much missed my, at least here my whole life. And um, the, the reason why I became, uh, I wanted to interest in becoming a U.S. citizen was because my daughter asked me who else can I vote for uh, this year. And I realized I couldn't vote. So that was one of the reasons why I, I decided to become a U.S. Uh, citizen. And tell us yeah. about, about what the process was like. How long did the process take? What did you have to do? Okay, so the process was, um, it was just, you know, uh, we had to file some paperwork, uh, application. I think it's like 22 uh, uh, questions that they asked you, or 22 pages, actually, of just, you know, application. And then um, it takes about, uh, I think it took me about six months to get, you know, to get to my appointment. Mm-hmm. And then um, by another, so six and a half months, maybe, till I go uh, do this right on uh, tomorrow. Right. So, yeah, and um, it was, maybe it wasn't too difficult, like, to, um, you know, to fill out the paperwork, because actually... Uh, my wife and I, you know, fill out, we filled out the paperwork, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that hard, just because we know, uh, we know the language and stuff, and we were, we were able to um, uh, understand pretty much everything that they, uh, that they ask and stuff, so, in fact, I heard from other people that they had to get, like, help from uh, people that fill out paperwork, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe, like, yeah, so it, it wasn't too hard. It was just, you know, it just uh, deciding to do it. And what, if anything, do you think will, be, besides the ability to vote, obviously, what do you think will be different in terms of how you feel about it once you are uh, fully naturalized? Okay, so um, at work every year we uh, uh, we have to fill out, you know, since I was, you know, since I'm not a citizen, I have to uh, get, like, like uh, get my green card and my social security, you know, and I have to like uh, submit some paperwork every year. I think it, I think it's once a year that we, you know when they have to come on and uh, and uh, my employer has to look online, make sure I'm still eligible to work and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's an, so that's another uh, reason. Will yeah. it will it feel any different otherwise? Um, I don't. I think it'll just be like official because I. Pretty much, I feel like uh, um, like a U.S. citizen, you know, because I left I lived here like for twenty twenty eight years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty eight years. So it just can be like official, you know what I mean? How does your daughter feel about it? Um, I, I think she's gonna feel great. So you know, she was she was born here, and my wife is actually she's a, uh she was born here, so she's a U.S. citizen, you know. So all of us are kind of, you know in the same boat, pretty much. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. Thanks to Sharon Rummery, to Eddie, to S.A., to the 18 other proud new U.S. citizens that are going to be naturalized today. That's our broadcast. Thanks for being with us here on NapaBroadcasting.com.